Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hit Parade Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Kay. Um, I'm joined by new people. Uh, as we know, we've lost Patrick. He couldn't make it back for this little special show. Tom is currently, I don't even know where Tom is. Was he in Florida? He's doing stuff with his family. He's on vacation. So um, yeah. I had to rustle up some bums from the office like we've been doing. But I got good ones this time. We have yeah. Jeff Easton, better known as Top Hat Jeff. He's been on the show before. He's hilarious. He pointed out, <laughs> you're, excuse me, you're the guy who was pointing out how people didn't have middle names during our draft pod, which was still the most successful podcast we've had yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No middle names. No middle names. <laughs> the best. And then uh, and we, over here is Mike Santee. Um, hello. Mike hangs out. Oh, yeah. The, hello. Everybody already knows you're boring now. <laughs> hello. Um, Mike is one of our like main processor. Basically, he's like a babysitter. Um, yes, watches, very accurate. Watches very all accurate. of us, keeps us in line. Um, he doesn't narc on us, so that's pretty good. But other than that, uh, <laughs> not too bad. Uh, Mike, what is it exactly else that you do here? Give a little quick introduction. Well, we'll put in put in uh, 40 hours and <laughs> gives a good ass hard, hard day's work. <laughs> An honest day's work. Honest day's work. Gives 110% every day. Oh well, you know, I come in and just sort of space out. Well, cool. I want to let you know that your bosses will be listening to this, so yes. good luck on that, Mike. Um, anyway, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining the podcast. It'll be really exciting. Uh, we're going to get into a bunch of sports stories because, well, there's a bunch of sports to talk about. Uh, but first, the biggest one, I will say, um, is that Panini kind of won their injunction in court against Fanatics for, you know, football cards and all that other stuff. We're not really touching on it on this episode because Tom really, really, really wants to talk about it. So we're just going to, if people are wondering why we're not speaking on it, it's just because, well... Tom's a boss, and he wanted to be part of that, which makes sense. You know, he'll speak. He doesn't speak eloquently, but he'll do his best to talk intelligently about it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So that's no reason why we're we're not ignoring it or anything like that. So the one thing we will also point out from Tom, one of his notes, is that, well, he wanted me to say, in typical Tom fashion, that he was right. Um, After the Damian Lillard trade that we discussed last week, he said, Drew Holiday will be traded to a contender, and that's exactly what happened as he was traded from Portland right to Boston. Uh, for Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, a 2024 Warriors first, and a 2029 Boston first rounder, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey, you have a little bit, bit of notes on this? Well, <laughs> so I kind of feel similar with this trade, how I felt about the Lillard trade, where just overall, just in general, I don't think it's smart for teams to be giving up all these assets for an aging guard. Like Willard is 33. Holiday's 33. Drew Holiday is also 33. Mm-hmm. So, and for both of them, to me, I, I feel like, because I feel like Denver is still by far the most talented team in the league, and I mm-hmm. think they have a very good chance to repeat. So to me, both of these teams are loading up just to maybe finish second. If Now, if Boston... If they win a title out of it, then it'll just totally be worth it. Of course. But, I mean, you're, you're getting Holiday, and that's great. That's that's what they need. He's a great two-way guard that can, you know, defend the perimeter. It's great. But I still, I don't, I just don't like them giving up what they gave up to get him. Um, for Portland, I mean, it, it's great 
they're just they just continue to stockpile assets. But they're they're so guard heavy that the Drew Holiday. I mean, everyone saw it coming. I think they even maybe announced it as soon as they did it because they yeah. have. I mean, they they have Shaden Sharp, who they love. They still have Anthony Simons there, who's mm-hmm. eh. They it's, just drafted Scoop with the third overall pick. Right. So they are very guard heavy. And then they bring in Brogdon, who, of course, they're going to have to flip him because there's just really nowhere for him to play. Um, But I, I just I, – and they they added Aiton in the in the Lillard trade, so they're going to be good up front. The, the fear, though, with them, I think, is that they kind of – they don't want to be too good yet. Right, like they kind of have to be. Like they want to be careful with how good they are. So like they get another they high still, pick and get somebody to play with Scoop. Right, but I think I mean they're they're building a monster in Portland. I think that the Lillard trade was great for them. It was great for them. I think it. I think they they had to do it eventually. I think they probably did it maybe even two years too late. I think they could have gotten an even bigger haul if they would have traded him away when he was like. 30, 31. I agree with that. Yeah. I feel like we're talking about Lillard trades for how long now? Where it's been rumored he wanted out. It's been probably at least three years. Well, every time we talked about a Lillard trade, though, it was like, oh, but Dame's that one player who's like, he's never asking out anyway. He's loyal, blah, blah, blah. But again, eventually it gets to the point where it's like, oh, now he's 33, so maybe he should go chase a ring because Portland is realizing we need to get younger, we need to get better. And now they're getting some picks, but I mean, all right. Are they really getting picks that matter right now? Like you said, they're kind of, they got Scoot Henderson now who could be their guy. Mm-hmm. They're getting the Warriors first, which maybe the Warriors aren't what they used to be a couple years ago, but they're still, it's still going to be probably bottom half of the first round. Probably. Right? Barring yeah. injury, of course. Yeah. And then they get a, just a, a 2029 pick, which is going to do nothing for them for five years. Well, that's, I was going to say that too about the Celtics. Like, so they, they gave up assets, but it's nothing that's going to, Triple them short term. I mean, they gave up the Golden State pick, which is in this year's draft, but then they gave up a 2029 unprotected first. So, I mean, that's not going to matter. But at that point, I mean, Boston might be trying to rebuild in 2029, and now they're not going to have that first. Robert Williams, I know they liked him, but he was playing, he was playing like 25 minutes a night. So he was like, like a good, like he was in their rotation. But it's not like he was like a key cog for them, and then um, and then giving up um, um, was there Brogdon, a, Brogdon, right? Who again? He was just kind of a rotational player for them. Nothing like nothing key. So it makes sense for for them if they're going for it. But again, I feel like they're just maybe chasing second. I love yeah. it. So, yeah, get it, Mike. You've been some of the uh, it's almost silly season with some of these trades. I find six years we're trading first round picks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's trades with just no consequence. If you want to leave, we'll get you out of there. So then, if you want to leave again, we'll throw you somewhere else. So they have six years to recoup picks to replace that. I mean, it, they trade this stuff away to get a player, like you said, to chase a ring. Good luck, go for it. Mm-hmm. But. Nobody ever gets punished for bad signings or bad picks in the NBA. That's why, I mean, that's my biggest criticism of it. I love playoff basketball. I think it's some of the most exciting uh, drama-filled sports mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. But the offseason and some of these trades that go down, it's just 
uh, I mean, what's next? Are we going to bump it up to ten-year picks? I mean, are these GMs going to be even around to see this? No. That, that's no, that, that's, that's the crazy part. To me. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. That's why they're going to trade away, you know, picks seven years away because they're probably not going to be there. Although Danny Ainge, and or well, he no, it's not. I'm, I forgot who they're. Well, Boston's GM now. I forgot to. I forgot who their GM Bad is this. now. It's not Ainge anymore. That's what, that's what the internet's for. It's fine, but keep going. But. Again, I mean, they're going to probably be successful, but even that doesn't even matter because even if they have, if they go to the conference final this year, uh, Brad Stevens took over. That's yeah, whatever. Yeah, I I know we knew that. So, but uh, even if even if they go to the conference final this year, if they have one down year there, he might be out. So it's I don't know. Basketball is ridiculous with the trades, like you were saying. Uh, that's kind of the thing where, like, the NBA has just the power to the players more so than most teams at this point. Um, but like you said, if you're if the ability to trade a player when they want it is trade assets, you know, almost half a decade from now, it's not gonna, it's never gonna really stop. Like you said, there's no big deal. It's but again, well, it's always it's always an arms race. That's what it always is. Yep, so now, yeah. and looking at the odds now in the East. Um, after this trade, Boston pulled equal now with Milwaukee. They yep. both have plus 180 odds to win the Eastern Conference on DraftKings. So as far as that goes, I guess they accomplished their goal where they want to be able to really compete with Milwaukee. That's Because then after those two, there's definitely a bit of a drop-off. And then you're looking at Miami maybe still is good. Cleveland, if if – if Mobley, if Evan Mobley takes a step forward, they could be good. But how cool would it be though that after all of this, in a couple months, you get Bucks Celtics game seven, and then Drew Holiday scores on like a putback with no time left to beat the Bucks when they traded him away. Yeah, <laughs> be amazing. That'd be amazing. If sports great. are scripted, that would be a thing that happens. Right. Okay, <laughs> we're getting out of basketball. Um, now we're gonna get into something everybody else, everybody else loves hockey. Um, I love the NHL. Mike's here. Look at him. He's the biggest homer in the world. So it's great to have him here. I'm excited because the season's coming up uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, Tom and I forget it was with Sam and I, we did our picks for like Stanley cup winner, MVP, Vesna Calder. But then that season or that, um, episode was sort of silent during that one. So I don't really think a lot of people heard it. So I'm kind of excited about it, but Mike, you got some hockey notes. You gotta be pumped, man. Oh yeah. This, this time of the year, it, October, September, October is always the best. You got mm-hmm. football, so football's full force right now. And then you turn right around. Oh, hockey's here. So we've, we've had preseason games. The season starts next week. Um, especially being a Buffalo Sabres fan, it's an exciting year. It's going to be a good year for us. Um, I love everything about hockey. I try to watch as many games as I can, um, whether it be at home, whether it be out at the bar, mm-hmm. just anywhere, uh, iPad, phone, whatever. Um I think this is going to be a year where you're going to start to see a turn from some of the traditional teams that have kind of carried the league, where they're always in the playoffs, always just people's picks to contend. And Boston, I think and your Tampa Bay. Boston's, Tampa Bay's, Washington's, Pittsburgh's, and you're going to see some different teams. I think the league is getting younger, I think it's getting faster, mm-hmm. and you're going to see those teams that they're just they're going to have to reset because they're not going to be able to keep up. Right. Um, especially um, what comes to mind, like a Boston team where teams got younger and faster, they got older and slower. Technically not because like Bergeron and Krejci retired. So now they're younger because of that. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I get, yeah, the, yeah. Average age, average age got better. Be they got younger. <laughs> you could say that, but bringing in bringing in Lucic, what, what's he going to do for them? There, he's going to go around and hit people. Yes, it, that's what he's going to do for them. It, that that's not. I, I mean, that's not the game anymore. No. I know. And, you know, they've they've really tried to get away from that, and it seems like they kind of took a step back. I, I kind of had scratched my head of what the plan is there. They get they got the goaltending, mm-hmm. and they've got Pasternak, they got Marchand, but they didn't really address top line center. I think they might just roll with what they have, and then we'll see. Maybe they make a deal, mm-hmm. but I I'm not I'm not very hopeful on where they're going to finish. They're not. They're definitely not finishing first, like going on a run like they did last year. And I think what Florida was able to do to them when they came back in that series, I think that was an indictment on how you're going to be able to beat them. I think you're going to see more of that as the season rolls on this year. Yeah. So that's that's. I'm really down on Boston, but I, mean, also I don't. I don't, like, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't tend to like Boston. many Boston teams as it is. <laughs> yeah. No. They don't even like themselves. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I love it. But uh, Jeff, what are you looking most forward to during for hockey season? Um, the Sabres finally making the playoffs. Well, is that your prediction? Yeah, I, I think this is, <clears throat> I don't want to say it's like a, a make or break year for Grado because I think where, where, where they were with Kruger c- compared to where they were with Kruger to where they are now with him. Right. I think he, even if they were to just miss the playoffs again, like they did last year, I think they would still stick with him. I don't think they would get rid of him. No reason. I think he's just. I I love him. I, I just I I love Granado. I hope I hope they're successful and I hope they do win with him. Um, but they have. I think just through natural development, with all the you know, the, are they still the young? I think they're maybe the second youngest team in the league, age like average age wise, but just through natural development. Paterka, you know, unfortunately Quinn's probably going to be out till Christmas, which yeah blows. But um, just all those young guys coming up, and then having Levi, you know, hopefully, you know, being the steady goaltender that they need. I just think it's it's there for the taking for them to it, just get in and. And to make make some noise in the East, really. you, you you mentioned where they were with Kruger mm-hmm. and where they are now with Granado. The two year turnaround from when Kruger was here, it seemed like you would look. We don't have anything young coming up anywhere, and the amount of picks and prospects that we've acquired and developed compared on top of it with the current roster, mm-hmm. it, it night and day. It, yeah. It's an incredible turn. Adams Adams has made. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much all the right moves since with ev- with everything he's done. Pretty much with I, I wouldn't want to say you know everything because of, of course they're not going to hit on all their picks, but none of those picks right now looks like a bust. It looks like all of them are going to be able to maybe not necessarily even with the Sabers, but it, it looks like somewhere in the league most of those guys are going to be. Play. Well, that's what the good teams do, right? They yeah. acquire these these players that look like they're going to project to play in the NHL, and that's your capital to when it's time to go for it. That's what you use to trade mm-hmm. to get a guy in here that's going to put you over the top. 
he might not play for you. Um, that prospect, like you said, doesn't play for you, mm. plays for somebody else. But he was part of a move that got you that player that currently gets you past that first round of the playoffs or helps you win that Stanley right. Cup. That's what the good teams do. Mm. Right. And Mike, you kind of mentioned it earlier when you were just talking about mm. how jazzed you were for the season. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, some of the top teams, like you said, are on their way down. They've been up there for a while. And, you know, just listening to you guys as, you know, as Sabres fans, you're just excited because, well, we've been beaten down for so many years. And yes. now all of a sudden it's like we're making our climb up. But that's why I think, like, hockey in general is in a really good spot because the teams of the – are the fans of the teams that are, like, coming down, your Boston Bruins fans, they're still going to be really big fans of the team, you know, even if they're doing the holding on thing, whatever. Mm. Still really good fans of the team. But now you see it around here, Sabres fans are waking up, but – Detroit's been down. Now they're on the way up. Right. Ottawa's on the way up. Yes. We just saw last year, you know, New Jersey, they came back pretty hard, and they're going to yeah. be really good they're this be, year. Yeah, uh, who, good. Like, there's a bunch of other teams, too. Like, like I mean, Florida wasn't ever anything, and then last year became a huge thing. Right. People care about them now. So all the teams that were low mm. are coming up, and all the teams, you know, that were higher come back. So now, like, everybody's starting to really care. Right. And you get a, just a different vibe when more yeah. of the fans of the mm. league care, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, and then there's Montreal. I was going to make the Montreal joke. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal exists where they hate themselves and that's yeah. a-okay. That's so funny. That you, I'm so mad you took that from me. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, Joe, the funny thing is that you, all the teams we've been talking about, you mentioned Ottawa, Detroit, uh, Buffalo. The same division. They're, they're all in the same division. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've talked about the Eastern Conference here where yeah. it's, it's any, well, Maybe not Montreal, but it's right. anybody's spot right. to get into the playoffs. Yeah. The team, well, the teams in the West, I mean, for people who don't know, are still kind of like going to be the same. Like Dallas yeah. is, some, I guess Dallas kind of counts because they've been pretty good. They've climbed for a while now. They're, I think, I think mm-hmm. they're very, very good. I mean, I think they might yeah. have arguably one of the best offenses in the league. Evans is very good because McDavid exists. Right. Um, but like even like in Arizona, who they have just bottomed out like the most way mm-hmm. a franchise can bottom out in sports, <laughs> yeah. where they're playing yes. in like a college arena, yeah. but. They still got like players that are coming up and playing with Spunk, where it's like they brought back their cool old jerseys that everybody loves, and it's just like there's even like a cool vibe about them, even. And you're like, well, okay, that's pretty neat. Uh, like, what else? Seattle started in the league, and they're already playing they're already really, good. really well. You know, they, they, they made the right moves too. Yep, they fill that building every night. Mm-hmm. They love it there, and they went on a little bit of a run last year and year two. Yeah, and it's, it's not one of those one year rosters where it's like okay. They got a lot of good players. They got young players where it looks like it's going to be sustainable for them, Crazy, which right? is that's what the league needs. That's what you want, where you can hate on Vegas all you want, but the they've been good since they came in. Yeah. It's good for the league. Seattle's been good since they came in. That's good for the league. The league doesn't need teams that they half build half full buildings where, oh, you know, while well, they're getting prospects, we'll see maybe they're good. Mm. You need a, you need your teams to be good. You need your buildings to be full because mm-hmm. you need more fan bases. Because then, you know, as far as games in non traditional areas, what's the term there? Arizona's they've been bad for so long. Where they're they got locked out of their old building because they weren't even paying the taxes on on the building. Right. You, you don't want that surrounding your league. <clears throat> so I think it's good. People complain that they should struggle or suffer. I think it's good that they come into their good right away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's just one of those things where it's an old mentality that I get sometimes too, being an old man, where people should work for something, right. sort of like go through the lumps that everybody else goes through. But I don't care about that anymore because it's best for the league to have Vegas be good right away, to have mm-hmm. Seattle be good right away. Because if they're not, then team, then people who are fans of hockey who might already have a favorite team that plays elsewhere because they didn't have a team, they might just stick with it. But now you have somebody like like our friend Dan who moved to Seattle, 
he yeah. enjoys he enjoys the Kraken because they've been really good. It's been a whole bunch of stuff. He follows them now. You know, I mean, he still I'm pretty sure still likes the Sabers, yeah, right? But but he's big into Seattle because they've been really good right away. It's like cool. Let's pay attention to this. Let's go back to building. Let's go pull off playoff upsets. Let's do whatever we need to do. And right. it's so early in their career. It's awesome. Uh, the other thing I'll say, haven't really touched much on cards, but what I was going to get to is that because there's so many teams at the top coming down and from the bottom coming up that we have the opportunity here in hockey that we don't get as much as I've seen in the past where more players can pop off on these teams and therefore card values can rise. Um, it's in a, we're, They're in an interesting situation. Uh, a couple of years ago, you might have just been buying Ovechkin, McDavid, et cetera, et cetera. But now every one of these teams has a, a player or two that – you might want to invest in at the, you know, where they're a little bit lower because if they pop off again, you're good. Like a lot of people want, should have bought Tage Thompson a year or two ago. And now it's his card values is on the rise. I mean, yeah. it's still not crazy just because it's, it's hockey cards, but yeah. you're going to be looking for players like that. But uh, there is one player that I'm pretty sure we're all going to be uniform here that already looks great. He's a child, but Connor Bernard is awesome. Oh, um, yeah. you already saw him just dunking on people and making amazing moves in preseason, even on plays he's not scoring on, but he's going to get there. Um, he's in the right market. I would buy him as much as you can. As soon as, as soon as his cars come out, I know it's going to be a second, but when you can buy him, he's oh, going to yeah. be really, really good. His, his CHL stuff is already going for crazy money. His Canadian junior cards mm-hmm. are going for crazy money. It just some of that stuff. It might level off a little bit once more cards come out in Blackhawks jerseys. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, if you're not 100% on who he is, Connor Bedard, that's the name, watch his highlights. And if you like hockey, if you don't even really watch hockey, watch his highlights. You'll love hockey after that. Does he have any Blackhawks stuff out yet? No. No. Do you know what what the first... So MVP is the first hockey product that has come out for 23-24. His rookie cards right now are redemptions. They're not autographed. They're not mem cards, but they're redemption to come in. There's three different ones, three different tiers, we'll say. Um, I don't think um, they've been shipped out by Upper Deck yet. I think you just scratch the code and put it in. But I haven't physically seen one of the redeemed cards yet. Uh, I think he's going to be in Series 2. Um, so sorry, everybody that put pre-orders in on series one, but <laughs> series two, um, when he comes out, um, his young guns, which is probably the first flagship rookie card yep. for the, for the season you want to get, um, everybody's going to want to get one. Everyone's going to be buying, buying and by the case. Yeah. Um, I, I get those PSA usually, cards. yes, yeah. usually series two comes out, uh, early spring. So I think it's when you really start to see 23, 24 products mm. uh, coming out for upper deck. Gentlemen, is it safe to say that we all have the same Calder Trophy pick at Counter Bedard? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, that's what I got. Jeff, are you going to try and be a little different here? No. Yeah, no, because so. he's just... Every so often... I mean, McDavid was probably the last one, and before him it was Crosby. It's just like there's... Every so often there's these guys that come in that are just anointed right from the start and who are just great right away, and he's just he's the next one. Right, I, I wouldn't, one. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he's a 90-point player, this even year. even yeah. as a as an 18-year-old. It's crazy. Yeah. And that might even be on the low end. I, he'll be point easy point-per-game player, you know, right off the bat. He is as much of a day-one star in the league since McDavid, where he just – Gets on the ice and okay, this kid is something right. special. Yep. 
I know that we say it a lot in sports that this person's the next Connor McDavid, this person's the next Tom Brady, this person's the next so and so. Happens a lot, and a lot of times it's just it's nearly impossible to like live up to those expectations. Bedard won't be McDavid. I'm I'm gonna just say it right now. That's which is which is fine, by the way, because Connor McDavid is bananas. Um, but Bedard's gonna be really close and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I would buy now. And uh, if you wanna have a kid who's gonna be very, very good at hockey and he's about to be born, name him Connor. Yes. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yes. That's the key. We just figured it out. Um <laughs> Speaking of Connors, uh, from that Lost Dish episode, uh, when I had my Vesna pick, I picked Connor Hallibook to be my Vesna uh, winner of the year. Mike, who do you got this year? So you won Connor, Connor, and Connor. I did. I won Connor, Connor, and Connor, but we didn't get to MVP yet, Mike. You're ruining it. Oops. Uh, for Vesna, um, he had a great year last year. Um, Jake Ottinger. Yep. I think that sometimes you got to have the team around you, too, to kind of help you get to that Vesna. Mm-hmm. I know wins – you know, it's it's kind of like the 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 eye test, but he's going to have the numbers too. Um, I know Shesterkin is going to get a lot of talk. Sorokin's going to get a lot of talk. Mm-hmm. The Rangers are one of those teams we didn't really touch on. Maybe taking a step back. I'm not. I'm not sure they will. That's I'm not real high on the Rangers. I don't like the Rangers, so maybe I'm a little biased. Um, but Sorokin's that team's going to kind of fall off a cliff. I think so. I, he might not have the gaudy goals against average shutout numbers that people want to look for when you're looking for a Vezina. Mm-hmm. I think Ottinger does. Uh, it might be him versus Shesterkin. Um, Connor Hellebuck, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great pick. He's a great goalie. He might be the best goalie in the league. However, Winnipeg's an interesting situation where how do they start the year? If they start off hot, maybe – do they keep everybody, or is there a sell-off at some point if they're too far behind? And he gets moved. Uh, Shifley gets moved. How does Gabe Velarde go from L.A. now traded to Winnipeg? Does he take a next step? I think if he does, then I really think they won that Dubois trade. And then, yeah, Halibut could take the best. Trophy. Real quick note on the Rangers, by the way. You mentioned them, and you know they've been pretty good for a few years. They didn't win anything when people thought maybe they should have. And now everybody's down on them because of that, because all of the other teams are, you know, getting better. They're getting younger. They're added different players. They're the new exciting thing. But they're basically just what people thought about the Buffalo Bills this offseason. It's the same sort of corollary. So that's kind of fun. Uh, anyway, Jeff, what'd you have for Vesna? Uh, for Vesna, um, I chose a guy that I, I think gets overlooked a lot because he okay. plays in Nashville, but I took UC Saros. I think that's very fair. I think he just be, and, and again, though, like Mike was saying, it, it's going to come down to, I think the amount of wins he has. And wow. I think his win total probably won't be up to snuff on that team. Cause Nashville's they didn't, a little, and like you were just saying, like a lot of teams in, in the West, they, they did something to improve to to improve the roster where Nashville I they well they moved Johansson that was toward the end and was that actually at the end of last season or was I, that I can't I can't remember when I think Johansson it might have been moved. I think it might have been was like a deadline, deadline sell off yeah. but yeah. they just it it just seems like they're kind of standing pat with what they have and I think they're gonna be kind of a fringe playoff team maybe out, yeah. out kind of west. Like last year yeah and i think i mean even like last year but that's because sorrows carried them right like oh, i yeah. think and i 
I think if <clears throat> if if his numbers are good enough, he's going to have the saves. He's going to have save percentage. But I think his again, he might not win it just because his his wins total is not going to be great. But I what I think overall, as far as like his actual talent, I think he is right up there in the top three, like with really any other goalie in the league. Mike, is Askarov going to play a lot for them? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, they had Connor Ingram as their backup, and then they shipped him away. So mm-hmm. Askarov's going to come up. I think a lot of it will depend on how they do. And it's one of those things kind of like Winnipeg. If it starts off kind of meh, maybe they start moving him in. It's becoming way too hockey talk. i got to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because well, my, the point I was going to make about Askarov is that Nashville, the one thing they've had is this embarrassment of riches at goaltender. Yes. They had Pecorine forever. Now they have yeah. Saros, who's very good. And Askarov is like the next one. Like, mm-hmm. good for them. So shout out to Nashville, who might make the playoffs to figure it out. Yeah. All right, so because we got to get moving. MVP picks, like I said, Mike Connor had the big reveal. This is easy. I picked Connor McDavid. You guys, did you pick anybody else? No. No, because there's nobody else to pick. I know Tom ended up going with Nathan McKinnon. I think it was to be a little bit different, but it is what it is. If he stays healthy, he's sure. the one guy that can hang with him as far as not, points, no. maybe, but yeah, probably that's not. going to be it. Because at the end of the day, you, go, you look, Colorado <laughs> has, he, he just have a significantly better supporting cast. So it becomes down to who's most valuable to their team. The, the reasons why, like, Hatch was one in, so whatever. Yeah. Cup picks, cup final picks. Um, like I said on the last episode, I had New Jersey taking out Edmonton because I think that would be super fun, by the way, um, just all over the place. That's who I went with. Who did you go with? Uh, I went with Colorado. I know it's kind of a – that's sort of a chalk pick. I think they're – That's fine. I think they have the, the best or, well, lowest, I guess, odds to win the cup. Mm-hmm. Just because they're so talented. I mean, they're they're – up and down the line, all, all up and yeah. down the lineup. Even without Landeskog, that in, which is gonna, but they Burks. they had to play with them all or play without them all last year too. They're playing without them all this year, but they're just they're just so good up and down their whole. Who did you have them beaten out of the East? Um, I would say Carolina. That's a good I, one. Too. Car- okay. Carolina is just again. <sighs> I hate Rod Brindamore. I know. I Rindemore. hate. I loathe him. But man, is he a good friggin' coach? I know. He's just such a good coach. But yeah. Mike, who you got? So I picked New Jersey to go out of the East because Carolina just hasn't shown me able to get out of the conference finals yet. Okay. The past couple of years and that. But but I have Colorado winning the cup. I just okay. think way too much talent on their roster. Yeah. I don't even think I picked them to win, by the way. I just think New Jersey's gonna play Edmonton. Whoever wins, fun. <laughs> Nito. Yeah. Really Connor Ma- the more Connor McDavid plays, the better. I, right. Yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah. Well, of course. All right. So moving on to some bum sport called the NFL football. Um what football is happened. It's great. Oh. Uh, <coughs> let's see. First off, let's just we'll pick up where uh, we left off with the NFL last last week. Uh Bills Miami happened. I was there, it was great. I was having a good time. Uh Josh Allen showed up. Um, he dunked on Tua. Tua didn't look great. He didn't look bad, by the way. He didn't look terrible, but there's a lot more questions than there were, you know, a week ago. Uh, Josh Allen, kind of the MVP favorite now. Um, buy his cards. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. just do it at this point. I, I know because luckily for people who might want to buy Josh Allen cards, his his numbers took a dip for right after that awful Jets game. And they said, oh, there he is again, you know, because people, the people who four years ago or five years ago were just like, he's going to be terrible, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden they had to shut up for a couple of years. As soon as there was like a little crack in that armor, they were like dunking right back on him. Yeah. 
but he's looked nothing but like the best player in the league at times uh, for the last three weeks. Um, Mike, Buffalo, Miami, were you surprised at this game? A little bit. I'll be honest, you know, seeing what Miami can do, I was a little nervous, but then I'll tell you, once they, the Bills going touchdown, 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 then the Bills went up 21-14, and I'm just, there's no way Miami can keep up with, with, with this. The crowd's too loud. They're already showing a couple of chinks with a couple errant throws, and it just seemed like it was only a matter of time. So the defense adjusted, and then comes the fumble. Then comes Micah Hyde, the, the Micah Hyde interception. And the Bills just kept scoring. Mm-hmm. And then it was basically Miami, you know, toasted the town for a week. And then they came to Buffalo, and Josh Allen said, mm, no. Yep. It was great. Um, t- a lot of fun to watch. Jeff, any other thoughts on the game for you? They're just uh, – that might be top to bottom – the best game Josh Allen has played in his career. Well, there, he did kind of pitch the perfect game against New England in the playoffs. New England in the playoffs was great. He had that game against San Fran um, a, a couple of years back. But he, even his incompletions, that dime that he threw to Shakir yeah, on the sidelines, he, he, just, he, just, he just didn't quite hold on to it. Even that, um, the, the, the 40-yard pass on the, the – um, the interference call that Diggs drew. Mm-hmm. That should have probably been 40 more yards because I think Diggs probably would have caught that ball anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, so the only other thing I, I would say, though, about the game is just how how good Josh can be when he actually has protection, how well our offensive line held up. They were great. They were absolutely great. And I, I just I love to see that because I feel like with our offense, you know, everyone's talking about getting weapons, getting getting a second receiver, you know, getting Hopkins. But the key, though, I, I felt for them was stabilizing their interior offensive line. And it, it appears after four games that maybe they finally have done that. Mm-hmm. And Josh, is now he's the top MVP odds in the league. And I, I think he's... I think he's going to do it this year. I think he's going to win MVP of the league. Would you still consider investing in Tua cards, though? Yes. I, I think, like you know, even Mike said, Tua didn't play bad. He, I said he, that Mike hates Tua. He would never said that. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 was, he wasn't horrible. He, he, wasn't, he horrible. wasn't horrible. He He's great. He makes great anticipatory throws. He doesn't have a good arm. You can just see he just doesn't have a strong arm. And I think – I think we're kind of spoiled here in Buffalo just seeing Allen just sling it all over the place. But then when you see another quarterback, they're never going to stack up to Josh. the way He might have the strongest arm maybe ever in the league. <laughs> but, You're not but, far off. But, but Tua, just, he, he was not bad. He no, was not bad. I don't game. think he was very bad. And well, his values, like I would think, like his card values are definitely at least going to hold. Like yeah, I, I don't think they're going to go I down. I mean, they were already up, but there's at least get all sure and, and honestly like it's one thing to beat the broncos by 70 because they're terrible but the bills defense is flying all over the place it's and they disrupted you know now well there's also three more weeks of tape on miami so mm-hmm. bills studied yeah. hard for it. mcdermott had a great game plan and the whole point of you know play miami is to take them off their timing routes which is what happened a whole bunch and then all of a sudden it was like oh shoot where do we go now and it just kind of happened yeah it's fine. you got to have the players on defense to be able to do that 
Of course. How many teams in the league are going to have the, the personnel and defense like we got? They're they're going to get their points. Well, not they're, the Broncos. Not the Broncos. They're they're going to go off many more games. And <coughs> you, you, two is going to put up his numbers. Sure. So speaking of the Broncos, who looked just terrible again this week for most of a game, and unfortunately, well, fortunately for them, they were playing the Bears. The Bears are awful as well, except they look like not great either. Justin Fields, after three weeks of people just kind of like dunking on him and, you know, shit on him. Oh, Fields, not the guy, blah, blah. He looked kind of good this week all of a sudden. It's like, hey, look what happens when you play to his strength, just like he did at the end of last season. Justin Fields, good or not? Good-ish. But playing against (laughs) against just a terrible defense – but it, it just shows, like, I don't know. Chicago, it just seems like they just can't get out of their own way. They they called a good game. They played great first three quarters, and then they get conservative. They, they, they stop really letting him sling the ball. They start to just kind of pack it in like they won, and it bit him. And, the, of right. course, and then, of course, Fields, because he is still a young quarterback. He's I think he's still this – is, this is his third year now. Right. He's still gonna make mistakes, and he did throw the pick at the end of the game that sealed it for Denver. But I don't put this on Fields. So coaching again? Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. There's gonna that, be right? there's they're gonna end up cleaning house. Chicago. Well, yeah. yeah. They're gonna end up cleaning house. Well, right now they're projected to get the first and second uh, picks in the next draft, which yeah. with Caleb Williams coming out, unless he looks at Chicago and says, you know what, one more year of college is okay for me. Um, that's his whole thing. Like, what do you do with that then? So, Mike, if you're a Justin Fields card owner, (coughs) after this game, I mean, a week ago you'd have been like, I'm selling as best I can, blah, blah, blah. But right now, there's still, like, hope there. It really is. Yeah, I don't think... Are you holding? Yeah, it's a little too early to just dump everything you have. Uh, I know maybe after last week you're probably um, going a little crazy. But you saw it, it is there. But he had four touchdown passes. Yep. I mean, the way that game ended, it's that could be the game that just shatters his confidence for good. Just because this isn't like rookie year. Hey, let's take some positives from how you how you played. That coaching staff, what an indictment on them. Mm-hmm. Just, yep. just spoil everything that kid was building. But I mean, a lot of it will be on him next week now to take the positives and reproduce that. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Komet. He's he has players to get the ball to. Mm. It's going to have to just be him, and almost doing it on his own. I hate to say, but he was last year. For he's going to he's going to make make or break his own career now. At this point, the coaches aren't going to help him. Right. It's like we've said it before, and uh, even on the show, a lot of times with these guys, it really just matters as to where they end up. It means their their situation. If Fields ended up on a different team, like he, it looks like he's going to next year. Maybe things will be better for him, but we'll see. But speaking of a guy who ended up in a pretty good situation for himself, Puka Nakua, oh the league darling right now. Puka, he could be now with Cooper Great. Cup coming back. It's going to be a whole thing. But right now, I mean, Jeff, you buy a lot of the cards. You've watched Puka cards go from what, like thirty two cents to thirty two hundred dollars now. Now, yeah, you can't. Yeah. It's it's difficult to find his autos for under a hundred bucks, right? Which is, I mean, before the season started, you can get them for five bucks, right? Easily, you can get them for five bucks. No one really knew who he was coming out. You know, he came out of BYU, which isn't 
exactly a football power. I mean, I know they've they've how dare you add on Ty Detmer? Yeah, right. <laughs> Zach Wilson. Yeah, well, 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 well. get to him. <laughs> but, but but yeah, Puka. I mean, he's man, and like he just he looks like a seasoned veteran. It's like I remember. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Anquan Bolden came into the league and how he just was great off the bat. That's exactly what Puka Nakua looks like. He just yep. looks yeah. like already he He's looks like a, a seasoned veteran who just has that savvy, knows how to get open on every play. I, I think in the hobby, he he's this year's um, Brock Purdy. Okay. Yeah, where, cards, yeah, yeah. where his cards were, who? Oh, if you open a box of Prism and you got his auto, mm-hmm. oh. But here we go. In December, cards were going, what, $1,000? Yeah. So yeah. it – I feel like there's a couple guys like that every year. Do you feel like the return of Cooper Cup is going to just blow this up? Or absolutely not. I think I think Tutu Atwell's numbers are more in trouble than anything yes. else, right? Yeah, you you can have two thousand yard receivers. Yeah. Miami just did it last year with they did it last, Miami did it last week, and they did it. Yes. <laughs> so I, I guys get open and they mm-hmm. throw the ball. I a think lot. with uh, McVeigh, mm-hmm. they're both going to get theirs. I would I would think it just. Target share obviously is it, it ha, it's bound to drop a bit. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's just it has, it, it has to drop a bit. But I, I think I think they'll still use him similarly to how they're using him now, which I think you know bodes well for his value. I think his I think his card values are going going to at least hold, yeah. if not continue to even go up you know, a tick every week. He's just, he's, he's just so good. I'm so impressed by him and I'm so aggravated that I didn't take him in more of my dynasties. <laughs> I, love that. I didn't see it coming, but who did? Who, no one, no one saw this. Coming. I have him in three dynasty leagues. Anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, and the team that he defeated uh, in overtime there, cause Puka caught the, the touchdown there. Mm-hmm. The Indianapolis Colts, they have something brewing at quarterback. Anthony Richardson looks good again. I know he's been even kind of dinged up already this mm. season. Oh. He's looked really good, and I'm going to jump to his AFC South mate. CJ Stroud looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, a lot of time, a lot of people coming out weren't sure what they'd be. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, Richardson's just like a glorified running back." Blah blah blah. We've heard that before. CJ Stroud, oh, he's dumb. He doesn't. He did bad on this test, so he's gonna drop. Yeah. Uh, he looks pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, who saw averaging over three hundred yards a game? I I three hundred yards a game. I just didn't think. Yeah, I would no never saw three hundred yards a game. Yeah, no picks. Yeah, six touchdowns. They're they're in games. Yep. He looks he looks the part. I I. Thought he would have been the worst of the class, and I'm dead wrong on that. Yeah, and now, what out of those guys? What, it, people were saying, you know, about Richardson that he was going so high, even going into the draft after the combine that he had, how good he looked, and that he was going to be the Josh Allen of the this draft, draft class. And it, it's looking that way, right? He really like the way he runs. I but he he's got a a great arm. He could really, really throw. It's not just his legs, even though he is running a, a lot and it did kind of get him hurt. Um, what was that? Two weeks two ago. Weeks ago yeah. After that second rushing touchdown he had, he got popped. And But um, he, he looks great. And Stroud too. Stroud, he, it seems like Stroud had a lot going against him with the whole Ohio state quarterback. Yeah. Stigma. Yep. 
yep. <clears throat> negative <clears throat> stigma that was attached to him. But <clears throat> through four games, he has washed that off. And now, I mean, because you figure out of these quarterbacks, these first-round quarterbacks, <sighs> there's always at least one that busts. Right now, it's looking like Bryce Young is going to be the bust. Oh, it, it because is, yeah, man, he does not look good at all. <laughs> no, I, I've made the comparison. Um, I saw it on Twitter too, and it, it's dead on. He looks like the all-time quarterback in a backyard football game, where he just stands there and just kind of tosses the ball. There's uh-huh. no urgency. He doesn't step mm-hmm. into his throws. He just looks like nobody's coming to get him. And I'll here, I'll, I'm going to throw it to you now. Yeah, and. Boy, it just it does not look good. Like you want you want a young quarterback. They say like the biggest thing for young quarterbacks is to try to slow the game down, to try to like not be too you know happy feet and pocket stuff. Mm-hmm. But for him, it seems like it's too slow. Yeah, you you, you still have <laughs> like, to move. It's, right, you have to. Yeah, you have to go through your reads. Like that's the thing. Like going back to Tua, just bouncing around. <laughs> going, no, but, but going back to Tua though, that's what impressed me about it, is his footwork. How like when he's going through his reads, like he's always ready to throw. Like his right. his back leg is planted, and his his he moves his front leg, and he's he's ready to throw wherever it is on the field. With Young though, it's like he's just kind of standing there. Just he's not really ever ready. Even his first read, he's not ready to throw the ball. I, I yeah, it looks like he's still behind the line in Alabama, where nobody's coming to get him. That's fair. Yeah, if, if yeah. that's if he lines up under center in the They're first coming. place. So, yep. good luck. Yep. Uh, another quarterback that maybe looks not too good either. Um, he went head to head with CJ Stroud this week, even though he had a perfect preseason because preseason means everything. Kenny Pickett, not good. It's starting to look like that. I know he got dinged up. He's probably going to miss this game, and then they have their bye week. That might be the best thing for him. It's like they got to sit him down for a couple Figure games here yep. and have him. I don't know if he's got to watch some tape, watch the game from the stands. I don't know, but it is not going well right now. Jeff, I got a question for you then. When it comes to cards, buy, sell, hold. Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Kenny Pickett. Buy Richardson. I have to hold one. Yeah. Well, then I guess I would hold Stroud and, and I would Pickett. sell Pickett. Like, it's tough, right? Pickett is, he is to me maybe the ultimate example of a talented quarterback going to a situation that just he gets no help. I don't think it's, I think he could be good. He reminds me of J.P. Lossman when J.P. Lossman was in Buffalo. <laughs> really talented. He's got all the tools. He's mobile. But I think Matt Canada, I- I'm yeah, surprised they good. haven't fired him yet. I think he's got a bad offensive line in front of him. They're run- and which that, that, in- that impacts the passing game and the running game. Because Najee Harris, everyone's saying he looks like he's finished too. He just looks so slow. Yeah. And it's they no have good. Go. They have good weapons. They have good. good Fryermuth's good tight end. They have Deontay Johnson's been out, but they have Pickens is, a, to me, a stud who just doesn't get the opportunities to really make enough plays. Right. But Pickett, it, you don't want to say he's done. I mean, this is only his second year, but they need a major change in Pittsburgh to help that guy out. 
or else they're going to ruin them. All right. Fair enough. Um, speaking of potentially ruined quarterbacks, uh, like I wrote on our sheet here, the most damning evidence that we're in a simulation ever is that for the first time in Patrick Mahomes career, including college and I think high school, <coughs> his, the opposing quarterback out completed him, out yarded him, out everything to him. And that quarterback was Zach Wilson. Nothing here makes any sense. But Zach Wilson, all of a sudden, I don't know if things clicked for him or something. I watched the game, but he's making the throws that people thought he was supposed to make the entire time. He looked really, really good out of almost seemingly nowhere. Um, Mike, is this going to be like a continuation of things to come? And that's why like the Jets have been in on him saying Zach's our guy, blah, 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 because this is what they were seeing in practice. Or is it just like it was a one hit wonder, even though it was against the Chiefs and you should just not even worry about it. I mean, you got to think it's a one one hit wonder, right? I mean, he he had to do that in that game because how many people they're going to kill him? Chiefs are going to kill him. It's going to be a laughing stock of the. I think I call it a public execution. That game was going to be, <laughs> and it was for the first quarter. I mean, he had to summon everything he's ever had playing football to not embarrass himself and to give himself a couple more weeks in his career. Do I think he's going to build on it? Maybe. Right. But I don't think it's gonna. He's gonna vault himself into a. Well, they play Denver this week, so. He, oh well, it, it, I mean, here, here it comes. If he, so, well, that's if he if he turns into a pumpkin this week, yeah, then you know then he's done. He's done. Yeah, because this is a, this is a week where he should be able to carry that forward. Exactly. Definitely, that's true. Yeah. All right, I like that one. Um, so Zach Wilson. Maybe not dead, but we'll see, but probably dead. I get it. It's fine. But I'm going to turn it to the other side for you, Jeff. Um, the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, no, it's fine. They do what they do, but they're not doing it the way they used to. I feel like, other than Kelsey, their weapons are kind of just nothing. Mahomes doesn't look great. I think, like, right now he's, like, ninth in scoring or at least fantasy scoring, which is just bananas for anybody who ever drafted him. You know, like we did finally in one season, in one uh, on one team for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, right. We share a team. We took Mahomes. Like, it'll be fun. He scores a million, 50 points a game. Not yeah. this time around. The Chiefs don't look right unless they're throwing, like, like I said, unless it's going to Kelsey. Are they Are they the Chiefs of old? Like, do you think they're in trouble? I think they're almost. In, not in trouble, but vulnerable, right? They're vulnerable. That's it. Yeah. Because they. Mystique's you gone. have, well, week one, they lost to Detroit. I mean, you can. <laughs> You can almost put that squarely on Kadarius Tony, right? Uh, the, the the terrible, not even it wasn't even a drop. He he's it was like in volleyball. He set, <laughs> set it, it so that the, the the defender could come and pick it off and bring it back. It wasn't like it would have been better if he would have just dropped it because at least it would have hit the ground. Um, but that's an example though of if that's not Kadarius Tony instead, that's Tyreek Hill. Tyree kill, <laughs> then he'll probably not only makes that catch, but then probably takes it upfield. Who knows for, he probably can score on any play. True. So I think, yeah, I think this is example of, and it gets tough when your quarterback, when you have to pay your quarterback all that money, you don't have much more, you don't have much money to pay your other position players. And it's starting to really wear on Kansas city. For sure. You're just seeing it right now. And they did, and they invested that money into their offensive line. And their offensive line, Juwan Taylor, Juwan Taylor is, boy, is he bad. Maybe he's not, maybe he's, maybe he's not terrible, but 
he's been terrible the first four games of the Most season. penalized player in the league. It's brutal. Yeah. But I think when it comes down to these two players, though, you're not really, like, investing in Zach Wilson at all still until you see more. So don't get your hopes up, Jets fans. Sorry. And for Patrick Mahomes, he's still Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if anybody can figure out What's going on? It's Andy Reid and Patrick, and they'll be they'll be just. Fine. Well, they got the Vikings this week, so if he's gonna if they're he's gonna, gonna have his comeback, his get right game, his six touchdown game, this, this is the week to do it. Incoming multiple Jared McKinnon twenty plus yard yes. touchdowns. Right. That's what's happening there. Yeah. Um, so it's it not great as the Chiefs are playing at times. You know, compared to what they used to be, the Bengals are having arguably the season from hell. It happens every year. Mm-hmm. There's always a team that has just lofty expectations and they just fall flat on their face, or they have the injury bug. And right now, I mean, Joe Burrow hasn't looked right. Um, his calf is still definitely bothering him. And now T. Higgins has, you know, cracked ribs or whatever it is. It's just nothing's going right for the Bengals. Joe Mixon doesn't look good. Uh, Mike, Bengals season from hell, man. What do you, do you think this is going to get fixed? I, what do you think? I don't know. Uh, if he wasn't 100% Joe Burrow, uh, yeah. we're speaking on here, going into the season, they played him, I think, to try to avoid what has actually happened. Right. We can't start one and three. Well, we got to play Joe. They play Joe. They're one and three. He's not right. He looks he looks bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you go. Now you sit him, but you lose your next three, four games. Because – is, what's Jake Browning going to come in and do? Is he going to do better than a hobbled, hobbled Joe Burrow? I don't know. They're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Big trouble. They can't fall too far behind because Baltimore looks like they're going to run away with this thing. So now they're looking for a wild card. And you got Miami. You've got the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You got the Jaguars. You got Tennessee. There's Cleveland. Pl- Cleveland. There's plenty of teams that are capable of winning 9 10 games and just knocking them right out. Mm-hmm. Realistically, right now, though, I mean, they're one and three. That's fine, but they're not out of it yet. Not yet. It's they're still what, just a game out of the playoffs and a couple wins. They it can absolutely be fixed, but a lot of people are saying like it doesn't look like it can be fixed easily. It seems like it's more systematic things too on top of it, and that's just not good. So you're right. At this point, what do you do with Joe Burrow? Do you just sit him? punt on another game or two and hope you get it going later. Like, I don't, I don't know what you do with this. And realistically, so they're one and three right now to win that division. They're probably going to have to win 13 game, 12 games, maybe one of those 12 to, to pull ahead of Baltimore. And one of them will have to be against Baltimore. They're going to have to beat Baltimore. Baltimore So you're talking about going, so they they've played four games. They have they have thirteen games left. They would have to go eleven and two, twelve and one, maybe. Yeah, they're yeah. making it hard on themselves for sure. That ooh, I will say this: they're in trouble. I will say this: is there a team that if they figure it out and they squeak in in the last wild card, is there a team that you would not want to play more than the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> right. Yeah. In no. the playoffs. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Wait, you said it backwards. You would not want to, right? Oh, right. I would not yeah. want to play them. I thought, okay, that's what I thought you said because you got all quiet and I couldn't hear you. But oh, no. but that's what I was going to say. Like, I agree with you because all of a sudden, like, like especially again tying it to cards as you know we're paid to do. Um, <laughs> I'm not like I'm not selling Joe Burrow or Chase or anything like no, that. No, no. I mean Chase is always open. Like he was saying. I mean 
what was it last week? Even with Burrow hobbled, Chase still had you know eleven for one forty three or whatever it was. Not, obviously not this week, but the week before, and they're still going to be good, right? If they get right, shit. <laughs> oh yeah. So like, even if they sneak in as a seven seed, good luck being the two seed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to host them in a, in a playoff no. game. Yeah. I mean, we, we found out. We found out mm-hmm. what they can do here last, mm-hmm. last year. And then last but not least of things people can do, um, a week after Josh Dobbs just threw it all over the Dallas Cowboys, um, they figured it out and got it together. Uh, they might have had ended Mac Jones's career because Mac did not look good at all in this game. The Dallas defense figured it out. Uh, they won 38-3. to Everything's okay for Dallas Cowboys fans. Maybe until this week because now Dallas and San Francisco are arguably in the game of the week this time. That's awesome. You know, last week we had the two hot teams in the AFC. Now we got the two hot teams in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, this should be pretty fun. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Dallas, San Francisco. I think San Fran's going to kill them. Okay, that was cool. Mike, what do you think? <laughs> I, I think I, I think San Fran's going to kill them. All right, go I on. think Dallas, like, it all starts at the top, right? Yeah. And I just think Mike McCarthy is – a terrible head coach. I just think he's a terrible head him. coach. <laughs> I think Dan Quinn, though, he's offset because he has maybe, maybe the best defensive coordinator in the league calling his defense. Right. Which, thank God for that, is oh, for yeah. Mike McCarthy. But I just, I think they're going to get rolled this week. I think you're, so you're, you're, you're not getting a free 14 points on Mac Jones' pick sixes and fumble right. recoveries That's fair. to be able to just kick field goals because you can't get your offense into the end zone in the red zone. And their offense, to be their offense has not looked all that good. They've they've won big in a few games with just just on their defense. Defense. Their offense in those games didn't do much at all. I don't think. I haven't looked up Dak's stats for this year, but I, I don't think he's having a very good year fantasy-wise, statistically-wise. Very, very ho-hum. Yeah. I, All right. Last question for football that I didn't even put on the chart, but I thought about it. I'm going to ask you what you think here. I mean, Philadelphia, they're still playing well, but they're not playing the way they used to. And I got some questions. Jalen Hurts, is he actually good? Or was last year a fluke? Well... I think Shane Steichen leaving. That's what you think it is. Is having a big impact on that offense. And you look, now you look at, because now he goes to Indy, Indy. and Indy's offense out of, I don't want to say out doing of nowhere. Best, doing the best. Because even, even, even when Richardson was out with Minshew in, they still moved the ball. They still, Minshew put up beat pretty Baltimore. decent stats. He beat Baltimore. So I think. Steichen leaving Philly is a huge blow. And I think that was the, like, for as far as going into the season, like, with people that are going to buy Hurts or that had Hurts, I think that was a concern, and it is showing now. Even though they're they're undefeated, they beat they needed overtime to beat Washington. But I, I, I don't – I think Hurts, though, I think Hurts is good. But I think it's their, their play calling, their scheming that is – yeah, the they Mike. they look like they can be beaten. Sure, I think that's where we're at with them. Now okay. they're undefeated. If it's a third and one or a fourth and one or the balls at the one yard line, they have they have their free play, play. All right? Which okay. is I have yet to see anybody stop it. Yeah. But they do look like 
some it's not oh how do you beat them they, they can be beaten mm-hmm. that, that's where i'm at with them mm-hmm. all right gentlemen well, that's the end of football because uh well we gotta get going we're, we gotta keep moving uh we're moving on to baseball playoffs i know super thrilling mike not a big baseball guy so i love making him have to do this but the playoffs happened uh texas got in they're playing tampa uh, they're up one nothing after last night's game. We're recording this on Wednesday, so I won't exactly know. Like these series could be over by the time people listen to this on Thursday. It is what it is. Uh, we'll get into the series length in a second. But did you say the Rays only had like nineteen thousand in attendance? Or yeah, nineteen thousand. I thought I heard that it's the lowest attended home playoff game in like a hundred years. Something something that ridiculous. has to do with when it was played and all that other jazz. And I know you're going to touch on that, so we're going to pass over it for mm-hmm. right now. But the Twins are in. They're up one nothing over Toronto, uh, Arizona. Corbin Carroll, he had a home run, you know, doing doing good things for the card, you know, the card industry here yep. uh, against Milwaukee. And then the Phillies are, they're up one nothing on the Marlins. The Phillies are kind of like on their little uh, get back to where we were last year tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like them to do that. I do. I do. Uh, in fact, we'll get into it right now. Who's going to win the World Series? Uh, again, I'm, I'm going chalk with this pick just because I think it's so obvious that Atlanta is just they're just so stacked up and down their lineup all their, their starting pitching their relief pitching they have it they have it all like I, I don't I think they're gonna win the World Series and I think they're gonna pretty much blow through any team that they play Mike I agree yeah. the, there's just you look at who they have it's just it's too much like where where is the gap in their in their lineup mm-hmm. that you can try to get out, 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 try to get out of an inning. I don't really see it. They've got the pitching, as you said. They're, I think they're just going to roll through it. it. It's like the early 2000 Yankees almost, where mm-hmm. there's no weakness in their in their staff, in their relief pitching, in their lineup, where they just, yeah, we're, yep, they're going to win, and you're not being incredulous by saying they're just going to walk through it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Atlanta's my pick, too, because of all of the reasons you guys already said. I don't really need to rehash it. They're great. I personally think they're going to beat Baltimore, which is still kind of chalky, mm-hmm. I know, but I think Baltimore's been good all year. Uh, I really like I really like the matchup of Atlanta, who's a bu- not an old team by any standards, but they're like where Baltimore could be in a couple years if everybody keeps, you know, doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be a really intriguing matchup. Um, plus right now, I don't think any of these other teams, they all have holes. Like you just said, Tampa, they don't even have people showing up. They're kind of like, whatever. They just lost to Texas. Texas is okay, but they've had injuries. Minnesota won the AL Central, which was a terrible division. Mm-hmm. Toronto hasn't looked good in in almost like two weeks. Like there's nobody in the in the AL that makes me go, oh no, look out. I know even Houston's, Houston's there and they've I, been around, but... That's what I was going to say. I think... I will, Baltimore is kind of my, I guess if I'm picking with my my heart in this situation, I want Baltimore to do it just because they've been so bad for so long. Right. And they're finally turning it around. I, I love to see that. But Houston, Houston was Baltimore before Baltimore. Yeah. Like fair. this is where the like, young guys pop up and yeah. they're doing well. So this is kind of like, this is kind of like the, the, passing of the, the, torch. the, the passing of the torch. But I don't think it's going to happen yet. Like me personally, I think Houston is going to represent the American League in the World Series just because they've been there. Like I think you can't. I know experience maybe gets overlooked a bit in you know playoffs, but I think just having all of that playoff experience and having the runs that they've had with 
with pretty much with a with their core like the core guys still pretty much there yeah i i think they're gonna be the ones that come out of the al it's that first matchup between the young the upcoming team and the team that's been there mm-hmm. and usually the lesson is taught mm-hmm. but then baltimore learns it and then look out they're coming Right, and then they take over. But I think you're right. This is it, Baltimore would be really fun. It'd be cool. I think oh, it's good great. for the good for the game. Yeah. But I think this is the year. I think Houston, like they're just gonna no, no. You you wait. We, yeah, we've got one, another, we've got another run. We've got another run on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to work hard to get here. Right. Yeah. Are, that's that's, that's the thing too. About. They're entering the playoff. Well, now I mean they get they get to sit until what, I think Saturday sure. is when they start playing. But so they have a little bit of time off. So unfortunately for them. It might cool them off a bit, but they they needed to go on this run to to, to get in to get the heal up the roster, but like recover a little bit from just how hard they right, able yeah. to get to. Because yeah. that was that was a hell of a battle the AL West had yeah. this year for sure. Yep. Um, all right, so we all kind of think Atlanta's going to win. Baltimore would be fun. Uh, if we had a non-Atlanta pick, I think I'd go with Philly. I think Philly they've been pretty good. They're already very talented, and like I said, I think it was. Um, Last night, Castellanos like stole second or something and stood up and like did the point at the ring thing where everybody thought he was giving the middle finger for a minute, which I think is hilarious. But the point is that they're on their head of, hey, we were this close. We're going for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think the Marlins are on the Phillies level personally. I think they have a shot. I mean, if they can get past Atlanta, of course, anything's possible. But Mm -hmm. good luck, like we said, getting past Atlanta. So if there's a team that isn't Atlanta, I guess, or Baltimore at this point, who do you think it would be? Houston? Like I, yeah, I, I think it would. I think it'd be Houston. Yeah. And the AL. same thing. Yep. Yeah. Last question, just because I like doing these wild ones. If it was like a silly, crazy playoffs, and one seeds get upset, et cetera, et cetera, who would you like to see actually in the World Series? If you could just kind of like pick two fun teams, two fun teams, I would like to see Miami. Yeah. Play against Minnesota. That would be so backwards. I, I, I hope he would right. hate you. I, <laughs> right, but I would just I, even though like. Kind of, and again, like I guess if I'm going with my heart, like I, I guess I would say Toronto, yeah, too, yeah. just because I've always just kind of been a blue because they're so close. to Mine us, would be know, Toronto and Arizona. I think Arizona would just be really awesome to be there because yeah, Arizona's been so yeah, not good yeah. for so long, and all of a sudden they were like leading the division for forever, and then mm-hmm. you know fell back to earth a little bit, but they're still playing well. Right. And they're up on Milwaukee. I, I would love to see Toronto Arizona just for fun season. Yeah, yeah Toronto. I, I'd like to see Toronto get in. I, it's super cool. Like you said, close to home. They got some fun players. Minnesota, though, to be like, <laughs> like they've they've just had so much. Like they've been to the playoffs a lot. They've How just many? Never won. They, they've they just won so much. Last night's win was their first win after losing eighteen straight postseason games. <laughs> oh my god! I can't. It means they just keep making the playoffs and getting swept. Yeah. Are you kidding? So me? for the, so brutal. I guess for their sake, I would just. And I don't think, like, I've never known a Minnesota Twins fan to be, like, a, a jerk. Well, I've never known a Minnesota <laughs> Twins fan. I haven't met many Minnesota <laughs> Twins fans. <laughs> they did really good in Little Big League. That's about <laughs> it. So that's fun. So the last thing, playoff structure. So these two, these these teams we named, um, they're playing a three-game series. Mm-hmm. The winners of these move on to play a five-game series, and then it's two seven-game series. Do you like that? Um, well, <clears throat> I like it better than how it game. was the one game you play Fair. you play 162 games to get in and then it all comes down to one game and you're out i just i don't like that i think so i'll say the the three five seven format is good i think what would be better not that we have to add 
more games, games out of the season. But I think five seven 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 would be better. Yeah, five seven seven seven. seven that's eight. what I, you beat me to up the punch. That's the exact same thing I was gonna say. Yeah, five seven seven seven. Then, but yeah, ideally, I think that's what they would do. Yeah, but like, I know they're, yeah. they're trying to get games done before it's snowing out in some of these places. Yeah, the one game thing I think the majority of people say it was dumb. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the three game series, I made a point earlier. Like, you are punished for having a deep rotation that got you to the playoffs in the first place. Your fourth starter, your third, it might not even matter. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the deepest rotation of baseball. Wait. So what would you do? Right. Bring the guy in in game two to try to pitch two innings? Yeah, it, it's it's silly. I think if you're going to play 162 games, you get, you don't even get to showcase what got you there in the first place. You're right. That's that's my yeah. issue with it. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right, guys. <laughs> Holy crap! We're going for an hour. This is supposed to be about a 45 minute show. So sorry, people. Um, <laughs> we'll get into it. But uh, we're at our final thoughts portion of the program. Uh, again, thank you guys for being here. So, Mike, I start with you because I always go to my left. Um, what's your final thought of for the for the end of the show here? It could be about anything you want it to be. Yeah, well, we talked about some hockey predictions earlier, and I've got a hot hottest of the hot takes. Um, <laughs> I, I might have I might have bagged on them a little bit earlier. Um, the Boston Bruins aren't making the playoffs this year. <laughs> Mike hates Boston. They're he's, like not... new, he's new Patrick. <laughs> he hates Boston. I love it. The Boston Bruins are not making the playoffs this year. <laughs> Clip it, clip it, clip it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that one in May. Good. Well, again, Patrick has a clip of him going F Boston five times. <laughs> this so seems to be a theme doing, on this show. We're doing okay. Uh, Jeffrey, what do you got for me? Um, well, going back to baseball and going back to, um, hey, oh, so the baseball playoffs started? Oh, okay. Uh, record low attendance at yeah. the Tampa Bay game because they had to play at, what was it, 2.30 in the afternoon? Yeah. Let's get, well, they needed to be on TBS. <laughs> right. Can't interrupt so us. I hope they put my thought, and I'm sure, I'm, obviously I'm not the first person to have this thought. I will be the last, and I, everyone's said this, but I think the MLB needs to cut their season in half. And they have to get rid of all of those stupid afternoon, regular season, and playoff games that happen during the week that they get, you know, probably a regular season playoff or regular season game out of a Tuesday probably gets maybe a, maybe a couple thousand fans in that ballpark. Don't I think it's just pointless. I think it's pointless and stupid. And I think it would help the game greatly if they got rid of those games and just because no one sees them. No. And like during the game, during the day, like a work day like that, who's going to be able to see that? No, no one. So get rid of that. It's the worst. I love it. Um, all right. My final thought is it was sort of touched on earlier. I'm just going to expand upon it because, well, I've sat through a few of these episodes now, Pretty much for the last, like, two months where we didn't have crap to talk about. It was just the baseball season, but it was the, quote-unquote, dog days of, of baseball season. So there was nothing really, really going on. But we are back. Mike kind of said it. We're in October when everything starts happening. I just sat here for an hour and ten minutes because we had so much to talk about. We had basketball to talk about. We talked about hockey for probably way too long, but it was a lot of fun. We have football in just overdrive and we had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about for the baseball playoffs that honestly i wish we could talk more about the matchups and stuff but realistically we don't have the time to 
that's awesome. That means the show is going to have a lot more to talk about, a lot more just information stuff, and that makes it a lot more fun. A lot more stuff's going to be happening. More trades are going to be happening. More injuries, more surprise players, more this, more that. Cannot wait for it. Um, I'm excited for it. I got to get out of here. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Um, we'll probably have you back, even though you will do it reluctantly, and I can't wait for it. Thank you to everybody who listens, to emails, who comments on our Spotify, who does everything. Do your thing, man. I appreciate all of you. Um, again, if you have any other questions, you want to bring up something, you have any comments, you can email us at podcast at hitparadecollection.com. Uh, just do it. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you later. Bye.